Hello and welcome to Machine Rehab Radio. This is episode two and I've got a special guest this week with Nate Lucas. He's joining me to discuss player buy-in or athlete buy-in to strength and conditioning. Um, but first of all, I'm going to let Nate introduce himself. I appreciate that, Elliot. Uh, hey guys, how you doing? Uh, my name is Nate Lucas. Just want to clear that up, actually. Uh, my name is not David, Okay. It's like Coach David Lucas is <laughs> David is my my mother's maiden name, and Lucas is my father's surname, and I just wanted to pay tribute and respect to them both, so that's why that's there. But my name is Nate, uh, and I am <laughs> I am uh, currently an up and coming uh, Instagram sensation. <laughs> But yeah, um, I, I formerly worked with the London City Royals, uh, the British Basketball League, uh, before their unfortunate removal from the league. And um, I also work with the Angola men's uh, national team, uh, basketball team, that is. Okay, fantastic. So a very high pe- pedigree first guest. I'm quite chuffed with myself that you've agreed to come on. Um, Man, I appreciate you. Thanks, Nate. The The reason I've chosen to cover this topic today is because, you know, you're one of the people on Instagram that always about advertising the 24 athlete, 24 hour athlete and always being athlete centered in, in whatever your approach is. And I just really wanted to try and tap into what if you have any tips, tricks or something that you really try and live by to get your to buy in um i've worked with four of your athletes now um after they've worked with you and they all have a tremendous amount of buy-in so there must be some part of your culture that you're instilling in them to to be able to be that type of athlete and invest in themselves off the court as well right uh i appreciate that you know that means a lot um i think you know it's also important to uh, just praise the athletes themselves, you know, um, uh, there's, there's so many different types of athletes that you'll encounter, uh, throughout your career. Uh, a lot of them are going to be, you know, raring to go, you know, they, they want to hear all about, you know, what's going on in the weight room like that day or, or that week. And some of them are not going to care as much, you know, they're much more focused on, you know, just the actual sport itself, which, which is completely understandable. You know, that's, that's their priority. That's their job. Um, but yeah, it's important to praise athletes, you know, uh, those guys that you're speaking of, you know, they, they, they're just, you know, good athletes in and of themselves as well. Um, but yeah, I hope that I have had some sort of effect on, you know, their want and desire to, you know, listen to their SNC coach and follow a, a good program. Fantastic, Nate. Yeah, I, I really hear that. And the, the players that we're speaking about certainly do have a tremendous amount of professionalism that, that comes with them. In mm-hmm. terms of your good and, and bad experiences that you've been on throughout your, your very established career as it is already, what would you say that has majorly influenced the way that you encourage buy-in from your athletes? Um, well, I kind of... I haven't had the um, the traditional uh, 
the traditional pathway in SNC. Uh, traditional by that I mean uh, going to a college uh, or interning somewhere under an already established SNC coach and learning the ropes that way. You know, so you start off getting everyone coffee and donuts or something like that, and okay, you get to clean the the squat rack today, Nate. <laughs> that type of thing. Um, I was pretty much just thrown into the mix. Uh, I went into a situation where, you know, there, there wasn't, um, there wasn't a, a lot of people who were able to do what I was able to do. Uh, and not saying that I was anything special at that time. It's just, you know, I was that guy who could provide that service. So going into it like that, there were a lot of mistakes that I made along the way. Uh, some of them I was able to recover from, thankfully, other ones, you know, they, you know, kind of cost me dearly, you know, but through a lesson learned and I'm able to, you know, apply that experience now into, you know, making, making better choices. Right. Um, so every, everything, everything is a, uh, is a learning opportunity. You know, that's, that's one thing I want to communicate to anyone who's listening to this, you know, uh, allow yourself to learn from the mistakes because those are very very teachable moments as well it's not just your triumphs it's also you know the points in your career where you you didn't do so well or you you weren't able to fully engage with an athlete or communicate with them you know that's going to help you in the long run as well whenever you're faced with that same similar situation again um yeah dude uh what i would say is you know to, to define buying buying is to me, is is exactly how Coach Brett Bartholomew puts it in his book, Conscious Coaching. Uh, buy-in is just trust, right? It's, it's you trying to establish a trust between yourself and whoever it is that you're coaching, whoever it is that you're working with as well, because we also, to a certain degree, we need buy-in from the coaching staff as well to trust us with what we're trying to implement and contribute to the program. You know what I'm saying? So, uh you know, it's just establishing that first. So when you're coming into a situation where, you know, the athletes, they don't know you, uh, the coaching staff doesn't know you, uh, you, you want to set the table first, right? You don't just want to come into a situation and, and just start letting things off, right? No one knows you, you know, like who, who do you think you are? You know, <laughs> so you have to come in and you have to define your intentions and you have to establish yourself to them. Right. So making it clear what it is that you're there to do, what you're there to provide, you know, um, why, why is it that you want to provide that, you know, and why is it important? And then you go about demonstrating how that's going to be done. Right. Uh, so previous, previous times I will come in and yeah, maybe, you know, I just already had some sort of preconceived notion of uh, what I wanted to do. Um, but I didn't go about setting that table uh, very well. So I encountered a few bumps from people who didn't fully understand what my purpose was, you know, or what what my plans were for them, you know, and that sometimes made things a little bit rough at the start. But, you know, later on, you know, uh, when I came in, you know, you, you just sit down with athletes and you kind of just get to know them a little bit, man, you know, just understand where it is that they're trying to go, you know, where they are in their uh, career, uh, just what their intentions are, you know, that that has a lot more value and benefit 
and it helps you in the long run to understand how to program uh, more than, you know, you just giving a presentation. You actually have to get to know your athletes and, and understand what, what it is that they want for themselves from, from their career, from their athletic performance, uh, et cetera. That, that's what makes you so player-centered, um, particularly from what I've observed. That one-to-one interaction encourages a lot of dialogue that is, is really useful to a player um, and, and how you can progress from there. For me, when you mm-hmm. saying about building that trust and respect, I, I always try and base that upon that foundation of knowledge that I have of the physical demands of the sport and the injury prevalence within that sport. So mm-hmm. then I can use that to inform my programming, but then inform the athlete as well. Like, why are you doing this? Why are we, yeah. are we building this area? And then that just enables mm-hmm. me to be consistent within my message. And I feel that builds up a great level of trust and respect there already. Yeah, For sure, man. Uh, I, I think that, you know, as coaches, uh, we have to understand that we're very much in a service industry. You know, we're providing a service to the athlete, right? You know, they're, they're, they're not doing anything for us, right? We're, we're the ones who, who have to give ourselves, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just like, it's just like being in a, working in a restaurant, you know, the customer comes in, you know, and they have something that they wish to order and your job is to get them, whatever it is that they ask for, right? Sometimes they're going to make reasonable requests and, and, and you can fulfill them. Other times they're going to have very inflated and unreasonable requests. And instead of just saying no, you know, you just have to explain, you know, why that's not possible, you know, uh, give them other options that they can consider, you know, but you always have to feed it to them. You know what I'm saying? You, you have to, you know, played it around what it is that they're trying to achieve. Right? And that's another thing that Coach Brett says, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's just about being emotionally tuned in to your athletes and establishing constant chains or, or cycles of communication. And you're just trying to figure out their purpose and then you connect it with your evidence-based coaching, but it's their purpose. You know what I'm saying? So if to them, it's very important to, to be quicker. It's very important to be stronger or, you know, to reduce their injury risk, you know, because of issues that they've had before, then you just have to tailor whatever it is that you have around that. And then hopefully once you build that trust and they'll give you a bit more of an ear when it comes to additional things that you see that you also want to implement that you feel will still benefit that purpose that they're after. That's that's huge, Nate. I think the a, a lot of that buy-in pathway that has been discussed quite recently during lockdown has been a massive emphasis on no, knowledge and using the opportunity of conversation and having that platform of leading a session, of leading a team, of leading an individual um, mm-hmm. to be your opportunity and trying to flip it around slightly and have that one-to-one interaction with whoever that may be on a uh that you're working with should be Mm -hmm. really informing where you direct your your conversation your knowledge and 
how you can deliver your services uh, as you've highlighted. Yeah, uh, 100%, man. You know, because if, if you're not focused on that, then they'll stop focusing on you, right? It's like me and you right now having this conversation. And if, if I just keep going off on tangents and, you know, talking about whatever I want to talk about and I completely ignore the subject matter that you wish to discuss, you know, you, you're just going to, you're going to, you're going to click the leave record button, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to be here talking about myself. Right. <laughs> so it's the same thing when it comes to athletes, I, there, there was um, this kind of funny story, right? It's a very short story, but basically, uh, man, uh, a particular coach that I listened to, he was talking about an experience that another coach that he knows uh, was in where he went in to meet with an athlete for the first time. And he, um, he, he's a rower. Right. Uh, I'm not, you know, too clued in with, you know, all the different types of rowing that an athlete can participate in on a competitive level. Right. Yep. But uh, he's a rower and he he wanted to talk to an SNC coach, uh, you know, about how to get better and stuff. So they met up. And the first thing this guy says is like, hey, how you doing? So uh, how are you going to make my my boat go faster? That's the first thing that he said. All right. Okay. And a lot of people, you know, you hear that, you're like, oh, man, like, you know, that's kind of that's kind of full on. You know, that's a bit rude, you know, but no, nah, it's not. That's that's his main area of concern. Whatever it is that you're going to try to sell him, you know, it better be about how to make his boat go faster because that's what he's worried about. He, he wants to get shorter times. This is the whole purpose of his training. And if it's not anything to do with that, then you can just see yourself out the door. I mean, so you have to connect with whatever it is that they're trying to achieve, right? And then on a deeper level, you know, the the conversations, the ensuing conversations that you have over the course of time will help you to better understand what, why it is and what it is that they value. You know, that's that's also important, man. Uh, we, we're in particular climates where, you know, things come up on all types of levels, you know, uh, emotionally, psychologically, uh, now, you know, economically with, you know, the lockdown situation. You know, there, there are things happening that you as a coach, you you shouldn't ignore. When an athlete walks through the door, you know, whenever this lockdown finishes, you have to you have to be ready to gauge, OK, what has this person gone through? during this period of time, you know, was there a loss in the family? Was there any difficulties with, you know, maintaining uh, certain finances or something like this? All of that matters, right? Because, you know, th th those are things which can affect their output, can affect their arousal level, their energy levels, you know, and you, you have to be in tune with that as a coach, you know, because, you know, the athletes are human beings, they're not robots, you know, so the more invested you can be, and the more they see that, the more invested they're going to be in you as well. I really like that. It's That's something that I always try to pick up on as well in terms of mm -hmm. if you're trying to get something from that individual, whether that would be a wider aspect of when they're outside of the, the S&C lab, the gym, whatever, um, mm -hmm. within your presence when you're delivering your service, it's the the whole value of you is now 
the value of what you're implementing as a coach and then what you're implementing as a person because it still has to come hand in hand surely like you cannot mm. ignore you know something that is a massive part of somebody's life that will contribute yeah. you can't ignore that like you say everybody is a human being and circumstances right now are, are probably going to exacerbate some some stresses on, on a on a large level so for when mm. we do resume i don't think really buy-in strategies necessarily have to change i just think they have to be uh open to other elements of people's lives yeah just adapted you know it's uh, exactly the same things you've been doing you know but you just have to constantly adapt to whatever the situation is at the time you know uh elliot i mean you're you're you know, not only do you do SNC for the Plymouth Raiders, you know, and you do an excellent job of that, by the way, um, but you're also, you know, the sports therapist and you also do an excellent job at that, you know, and every single athlete that I've spoken to uh, that's gone over to your program, you know, they speak well of you as well, you know, and, and I'm really happy about that. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, this, they're getting a, a great professional you know, uh, working alongside them over there. Um, one thing that I know that you get to do a lot of is whenever an athlete is injured, that's when a lot more conversation gets to happen because now they, they really have to sit with you, <laughs> right? And those are like golden opportunities to, you know, really engage with your athlete a little bit more. You know, in my, in my experience, um, uh, when a when a guy was out for a little bit, that's when I got to ask him stuff about, you know, hey, so tell me a little bit about your your history, man. Where 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 were you before this? How did you get here? You know, like you know how you know family stuff. You know, all of that stuff is so important. You know, because it just helps you really map the athlete. You know, and and put a little bit more context to their character, a bit more context to their goals and motivation. And all of that is essential for you, and it's ammunition for you, for you to be able to design the perfect way of firing this athlete up. You know what I'm saying? I know it, it can seem a bit manipulative. You know what I'm saying? And in a way, I am a master manipulator now. <laughs> you know, not to put it in a negative way, but you know, it's 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 all about you know just knowing how to you know, just roll off of your athletes and their flow, you know, and matching that. Example, um, on the national team, you know, I have one particular athlete. Well, I have two, but this one particular athlete, you know, he he just he's just not really trying to be there with the activation station stuff, right? And, you know, fair, okay, I understand that, you know, now being a little bit wiser, I get that, you know, you don't have to bark down someone's throat to, to get him to constantly do stuff, right? Whereas before, I, I would maybe want to clash with someone and get out, you know, all my bullet points as to why this is, like, you know, very important and, you know, get out all my notes with all my sources, right? Athletes don't want to do that. It's like, yeah. dude, if I don't want to do it, I just don't want to do it, right? So he, lo he loves to shoot. First thing he wants to do when he gets in the gym is just go straight to the three-point line and start shooting, right? But I know that, you know, him being as tight as he is, a little bit of foam rolling to increase that range of motion for him, you know, even if it's temporary, is going to be good, right? 
So we just play a game. It's like, all right, dude, come on, man. You know you got a phone roll. It's like, ah, Nate, man. All right, dude, all right, you know what? You make those five shots in a row, I'll, I'll let you have two more shots. It's like, oh, yeah? Okay, cool. Now it's a game, right? But now he knows, like, if I don't make my shot, fair enough. I didn't make it. Now I got to go phone roll, right? And if he does make his shots, okay, cool. You get two more. Make these two in a row. Now I'll give you two more shots, all right? But now it's like he's doing – He's still getting to do a little bit of something that he wants to do, you know, but it's a lot more playful now. And he sees out, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing you to take a little bit of control here, but if I win, then you gotta, you gotta do my thing now. You know what I mean? You, you've mentioned being adaptive and using a strategy like that is, is fantastic. I know you've worked with a wide range of age groups um, and levels of, of basketball in particular, Mm-hmm. Would you say that your strategies change depending on who you're working with, whether that's professional club, like when you were when you were at Royals, um, national team when you're with Angola, or even when you're with amateur athletes? Would you say that that changes at all? Definitely, it definitely changes um, because you're, you're dealing with uh, at each of those levels. You're dealing with athletes on. You know, sometimes they're very different in terms of where they are, in terms of their knowledge, in terms of their experience, career. Uh, yeah, so that 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 has to change. You know, it's um, it's almost like parenting, man. You, know, you got to like a, a little five-year-old. I'm not gonna let a five-year-old like make all the decisions. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know, you just want you want to you want to make them feel like, hey, I care about you. And I respect you and your feelings and, and your emotions, right? But I know a little bit more than you. So you're, you're going to have to listen to me a little bit more. And as the older the kid gets, now it's more of a conversation where it's back and forth. You know, so it's the same thing in coaching, you know, those different scenarios. If you're coaching at an amateur level, usually, you know, they're, you know, young, uh, young teens, um, you know, they're not going to know a lot. They, they're going to come to you with a lot of things. You know, they're going to ask you a lot of questions. Oh, how do I get better at this? How do I get like this guy? How do I get like this girl? Like so forth, so forth. You know, that uh, relationship is a little bit different, right? You're more like a mentor in a way. Uh, whereas you get to the professional and the international level, you get guys who have been doing uh, certain things for years, right? They've listened to a lot of people. You know, they've met about 20 of you. You know, what else are you going to tell them that's going to be widely different? And if they already have an established routine and established way of doing things, you know, you better be very, very good at convincing them, you know, that maybe something is better off for them. Right. But this is where that respect comes in. You know, uh, Coach Brett Contreras, uh, the glue guy for, you know, anyone who follows him, um, he's also a very avid researcher. And he did a piece on uh, cold water immersion and, you know, the plus and benefit, uh, the plus and negatives of it. Um, And for strength and power based athletes, you know, it's not the most ideal way of recovery, you know, depending on the circumstances. Right. But he said this in all of that, you you have to be very careful with, you know, the type of conversation you now have with your athlete. If, if this athlete is used to using cold water immersion and they feel that it works for them, the last thing you want to do is to try and just rip it away from them. 
right? You know, that's that's very disrespectful when you're dealing with uh, an established pro to just completely take away something which is part of their routine, part of their ritual. You know, this is like a high crime and you're asking for trouble, man. You know, so you have to give them room to, you know, use whatever it is that they feel works for them. But in having those little conversations, you know, you, you just try to reason bit by bit, you know, and just explain things, especially if they start the conversation, it's even better, you know, because now they're receptive and they're open to listening, you know, and then from there, you know, you, you just establish that bit by bit and see how that goes. But, you know, you, you can't be approaching uh, the, the pro level and the international level and think that you're just going to change things around. You have to you have to be a lot more calculative when you get to that point. Well, thank you ever so much, Nate. Um, that, everything you've said has been incredibly insightful. And I think listeners are really going to take something away from from tuning into this. Uh, we're nearly out of time, um, which has absolutely flown by. I think the key yeah, that we've got from today are that one-to-one interaction is incredibly powerful and should be used as a basis to demonstrate your knowledge and tailor that towards the athlete that you're working with. And mm -hmm. strategies do change with whatever level you are working with. Again, it's all about being malleable and being able to mm -hmm. adapt to the scenario that you are in. And mm -hmm. finally, just try and be present be as present as yeah. much as you can within that moment, no matter what the situation is. You you highlighted that I have that opportunity to really get to speak to guys when when in the unfortunate circumstances that they get hurt. But in a lot of that time, I that is a really powerful tool for me to get to know the athlete a little bit more and mm -hmm. to try and encourage that that one-to-one -one dialogue. So First of all, I really want to say thanks a lot, Nate, for, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Just starting this podcast and to have someone with, with your knowledge, experience and, and voice on this is an absolute pleasure. So thank you very much. No problem, man. I'm, I'm honoured to be your, your first guest, man. Thank you. For all of you listening in, make sure that you give Nate a follow on Instagram. At the minute, he's doing a fantastic collaboration with K Parker Therapy. Um, they've hey. done hip and ankle mobility there's also a whole host of fantastic nuggets of gold on there um with nate doing got bands got sliders um also some fantastic exercises for all you hoopers out there who are looking to keep in shape and get ready for when the season returns after lockdown thank you so much man i appreciate the plug man no problem also final thing that everybody voted for on instagram is you gotta you gotta pick a song to play us out um or on the <laughs> radio. So man, you've gotta you've gotta pick a song. What have you chosen? I have chosen uh to Infinity and Beyond from the uh original Toy Story soundtrack, and Elliot knows exactly why I picked this. <laughs> so for listeners who don't know what I look like, I uh I have done what many of people have done during lockdown. And that is a self-home haircut, which was a grade three all over. So I've given myself a nice buzz cut. And ever since the Buzz Lightyear, buzz Lightyear <laughs> jokes, um, memes, uh, fun poking have been coming my way. Um, so you know, you know what? <laughs> it's, it's, not just, it's not just the buzz, right? It's the fact that 
like you and Buzz Lightyear are just swole as well. <laughs> hey, I'll take that. I'll take a rig like Buzz Lightyear. I'll do that. <laughs> see, man, see, I got love for you, man. Uh, I've got a lot of love for you too, Nate, and I really appreciate everything that you've you've said today. And I think the the contributions in episode one on the first interview have have been fantastic. So thank you once again, and to everybody no listening, I really hope that you've enjoyed this. Um, we'll be back with episode three really, really soon.